Well, let me again say happy Mother's Day to all the moms joining us at Church Online today and welcome everyone to the fifth and final installment of our series, I Know That I Know. We are in this collection of sermons working to build our faith. And we're trying to build our faith, not based on, on airy ideas, not based on concepts, thoughts, hopes, and dreams that have no concrete nature to them. But we're trying to establish a foundation for our faith so that we can be people who say, come on, I think you know it by now. If you've been joining us in this series, I know that I know. And one more time today, we are going to dive into our scripture, just one scripture today, to glean from God's word truths that we can build our life upon, build our faith upon. See, all throughout this series, what we've been doing is taking one simple verse that we are breaking apart so that we understand it. Like not understand it at face value, but truly understand what God's word is saying to us most importantly there. And then we're working to memorize it. Like we're trying to get this thing in our mind, get this all the way lodged in, 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 in our memory so that wherever we find ourselves, whenever opposition may come our way, whenever our faith starts to feel like it's getting a little rocky, we can declare back, I know that I know. So that we'll believe it enough to do that. See, that is what it means to know it, that we, that we understand it and we memorize it and we believe it. And that's why one more time on today, I want to point your attention to our website, believing.church, where you can always go to find everything going on in the church. And I would so recommend you check it out. Bookmark that junk, like save it to the home screen of your phone. So you always are connected to everything going on in the church. But also on this sermon page, you will find wallpapers you can put on your phone with the key verses of every week in this series, wallpapers for you to put on your computer. But today, this final key verse that you can download, put on your phone, download, put on your computer, is found in the book of John chapter 8, verse 36. It is probably the shortest of all the verses that we have undertaken, which may be a strong way to end. You're going to get this one, I think, right? And here's the way the book of John chapter 8, verse 36 reads. It's the words of Jesus declared through this. And as we've done throughout this series, we're going to read it twice, all right? Because that's going to help it settle in our heart before we dive into God's word today. Here's what it says. It says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's the whole thing. What's that, 10, 11 words? You got this. Come on, maybe you'll even say it with me if you're listening to the podcast right now. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, I must uh, begin today with a bit of a, a confession. Uh, I have something I'm very, very tired of. I am very, very tired of people who say they are Christians, who maybe even are Christians, who call themselves followers of Jesus, who do not live in the freedom Jesus has provided for them. What do I mean? I interact with people all the time who talk about how they saved, who, who, who may tell me, maybe even you think of yourself this way. I go to church. Maybe I'm at church online. I'm out of town or I'm with mom, but here I am. I'm at church online. I'm, a, I'm, I'm leaning in today. Man, I'm, I'm trying to grow in God. I, I'm, I'm here. You, 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 you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself a follower of Jesus. You say you're someone who is trying to align yourself with the things of God. You believe in him, but you're 
just as addicted as you were before you got saved. You ain't free. You are just as insecure in the confidence of who you are and who God created you to be as you were before you met Jesus. You are just as broken, just as beaten down, just as uh, shackled up and, and, and enslaved as you were before you met Jesus. You're just as abused in your mind and in your heart and in your purposes as you were before you received salvation from God. It bothers me that people who are supposed to have access to freedom are free. Because I believe the truth of John 8, 36. These are the words of Jesus promising to you, promising to me that if the son sets you free, you will be free. If that's the case, why are so many people like what I just described? Maybe even you. Maybe even you watching right now, listening to this podcast, you, you feel this tension. In fact, maybe for some of you, this has been your pushback with really even going all the way in when it concerns following Jesus. Because you've been trying church for a while and you've been trying to, trying to hope that somehow you'll get this freedom because you know what you are enslaved to. You know what has held you hostage and you don't feel near as free as maybe you were promised to be. Why is it like this? Why is it that Jesus can say, I will make you free, I will make you free indeed, but yet you don't experience that? Well, if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down. I'm going to give you many things to write down today. But before I break this apart from this verse, I must set you up for where we're going. Please write this down. If you don't believe that Jesus frees you, you won't be free. If you don't believe that Jesus is the one who frees you, then friend, I have news for you. You won't be free. If you think that freedom is going to come to you through some of the means from some other source, in some other way, and through, through another, the, the, John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, this is Jesus talking about himself. If the Son, this is S-O-N, if the Son is a capital S too, just to help us English readers understand that we are talking about Jesus himself. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Your freedom will come from Jesus or it ain't coming. The freedom that he will bring to you, the freedom that God has made available to you will come through Jesus. And if you don't believe that freedom comes through Jesus, you won't be free. See, a lot of us, what we truly believe in our heart of hearts is that freedom is gonna come in some other method, in some other way, in some other vein from some other place. And so sometimes we put those things even before Jesus, and we think those things are more helpful to our freedom, more significant to our freedom than Jesus is, and we miss it altogether. We miss it. We miss it because of good things that can help with your freedom, but they are not the first thing towards your freedom. And so we put a lot of weight in counseling, and there's nothing wrong with counseling. Counseling is a good thing. Some of you need some counseling in your life right now. 
You need to talk to somebody about what is going on. Talk to somebody about traumatic things. Talk to some people about the stress that's going on. Some of you could use some counseling. The problem is some people put their counseling above Jesus, thinking that counseling will bring them freedom and Jesus can then finish it off. That's not how it works. Or they think that therapy or some promotion, that these things are going to unlock the doors to the freedom that they need. You better hear me today. There is nothing wrong with those things. But it is Jesus and counseling. It is Jesus then therapy. Ain't nothing wrong with therapy. Some of you could probably use a lot of it. But it's Jesus then therapy. It's Jesus then community. I'm a big believer in the transformative work that being around and doing life with other people can do on the inside of you. We have this thing that we say around here. And it's kind of this, uh, this little phrase that stumbled out of my mouth several years ago in a sermon, but it has stuck and shaped the, 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 the urgency with which we, with, with, with we push people to community. And we just say, listen, we believe you need to build community before you want community. Uh, before, excuse me, you need to build community before you need community. Otherwise, you're going to want community and not have community because you didn't find community when you could. I'm all for community. Get community here. Get people in your life. But it is Jesus then community. Your community can't do for you what Jesus can do for you. Your community can come alongside the work that Jesus starts and help you walk and live in freedom. But it's Jesus then community. It's Jesus then education. There's some of you that need to learn some things about freedom. You need to learn some techniques. You need to learn how to let bygones be bygones. You need to learn how to forgive. You need to learn some things. But it is Jesus then that education. It is Jesus, and please hear me, then medication. I'm not someone who is so naive or spiritually minded to not understand or think that Medication might be necessary for some of us. I hear you. The problem is some of you put more dependency on the prescription given to you by a pharmacist than you do the savior of your soul. And you would, you would give up Jesus before you would give up them pills. And you wonder why you ain't free. That's why. It's Jesus then, if you don't believe that Jesus frees you, you won't be free. It starts with this internal confirmation that my freedom comes first through Jesus. But write this down as well, too. If you don't get how Jesus frees you, you won't stay free. If you don't believe that Jesus frees you, you won't be free. But to take that a step further, if you don't get how Jesus frees you, you won't stay free. I see a lot of people of faith thinking that freedom is going to, is going to somehow fall on them like rain. And they're just waiting on freedom. Come on, freedom, follow me. Freedom, follow me so I don't have those desires. Freedom, follow me so I won't struggle in that way. Freedom, fall on me. And we think freedom is going to fall on us like rain. It is going to wrap itself around us like a blanket. It is going to somehow uh, uh, like, like captivate them in such a way to where they'll never shake loose and they'll always be, be wrapped up in freedom. Would you believe me if I told you 
that the reason some of you can't stay free is because you don't understand freedom. That maybe part of the reason that you can't stay free, my friend, has nothing to do with the fact that Jesus is incapable of bringing you freedom because if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. But the reason you can't stay free, the reason that you don't know freedom, the reason that you don't live free today, even though you're trying to go to church, you're listening to this podcast, you're trying to worship Jesus, you're trying to follow in his ways, the reason you don't experience that freedom is because you don't understand freedom. In the year 2023 in our country, these United States of America, freedom is a very misunderstood reality. A lot of people believe that freedom is, is this idea that I can do whatever I want in this thing and not get in trouble for it. There would be no consequences for it. Or somebody else has fought for me so that these consequences don't hit me. And if I could just be so bold and so honest and tell you, that's a pretty narcissistic view of freedom. That makes freedom all about you and you alone. Is that freedom? And what do you do when the freedom that you think you deserve, the freedom that you believe to be yours, what do you do when that freedom infringes on the freedoms of other people? What happens when my freedom takes away your freedom? Because if You have the freedom to do whatever you want, and I have the freedom to do whatever I want. What if our whatever they wants conflict with one another? Whose freedom ain't really freedom? The bigger problem, though, is not how this plays out in our country. I got thoughts, but this is not my time, place, or opportunity to share those things. The bigger problem for me is with that perspective, we bring that to our faith. And so we bring it to our faith and the freedom that Jesus begins to talk about, the freedom that Jesus offers to us, we have so mutilated and mutated through this frame of reference, this perspective that is our picture of freedom all around us, our definition of freedom as defined by our country at this moment, rather than freedom as Jesus wants to bring it to you and freedom as how Jesus brings it to you. See, so many of us spend our days, so many people who obsess themselves in political realities spend all their days hollering about trying to get free. And the problem is that's the way a lot of spiritual people are too. You're saved, but you ain't free. You go to church, but you ain't free. Because some of you have believed the lie that the pursuit of freedom is what makes you free, and it's not. Not like Jesus talked about it. See, you will never be free if your focus is getting free. You will never experience freedom in your life. Not like Jesus talked about. Not like Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Not that kind of assurance. Not that kind of promise. Not that kind of for good. You will never be free if your focus is getting free. So, What do we do then with John 8.36? Well, if you zoom out contextually, what you'll find is there are two massive realities that Jesus explains and brings freedom conceptually and practically 
in what he says in John 8.36. And I must give you both sides of this coin before I can help you to understand how freedom looks and works for you. So if you want to take notes today, take these notes. If you want to write some things down, write some things down. Because I'm going to encourage you today. But more than encourage you, some of you, I'm about to set you free. I'm about to set you free through an understanding that the Holy Spirit is going to use my words to communicate something to you that you ain't heard your whole life. Some of you have been pursuing freedom. Some of you have been trying to follow Jesus for 10 years, but the problem is you got the same struggles, the same addictions, the same setbacks that you've had since before you knew Jesus, and it's beginning to bother you. It's beginning to frustrate you, and you hear somebody say, if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed, but you haven't experienced that. Today is your day. Write this first reality down. There are things Jesus has freed you from. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. There are things that Jesus has freed you from. When the Son sets you free, you better know today that there's some stuff that no longer has power over you, that no longer has authority over you, that no longer has control in your life, that you are free from it. You say, what are you talking about? Well, break these down. You are free from the captivity of sin. You are free through Jesus from the captivity of sin. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God, that all of us are literal slaves to sin. In fact, the Greek word used for freedom here and used for freedom throughout the New Testament literally means to emancipate. It means to liberate. It means that somebody paid the price so that freedom could be yours from what is holding you down. You are free from the captivity of sin. Now, without Jesus, you don't have any hope to fight against sin. But when Jesus saved you, you better understand today, friend, that he freed you and sin doesn't have to rule over you. You are no longer captive to the sin that used to so easily entangle you. You are free indeed. Because when freedom comes on you, there are some things that Jesus has freed you from. You're free from the captivity of sin and you're also free from the penalty of sin. So often when we think of sin, we think of it as uh, these things that we may do that God doesn't really like. And we forget the fact that sin is literally the thing that separates us from God in this life and in the life to come. On this side of eternity and when we experience eternity in its fullness. That uh, sin is what separates us. And that penalty of sin is just that, that separation from God. But Jesus, when he frees you, he frees you from the penalty of sin. The separation of God that should be because of our sin. Jesus said, this will not sit on you. I have covered your sin and I've covered it for good. The debt that sin required be paid has been paid in full when you put your faith in Jesus. If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. And the captivity of sin is no longer something that has power over you. And the penalty of sin is something that no longer separates you from God. But you are covered, you are connected, you are free indeed. But not only that, write this, 
Last one down. You are also free from the shame of sin. You're free from captivity of sin. Sin no longer can bind you like it used to. You are free from the penalty of sin. The, the wages that sin required to be paid, those wages that were death, we, you, you, the penalty has been paid by the gift of God. And most people of faith believe that. Like truthfully, if you're a Christian, if you're a person of faith, if you're someone who, who, who has received God's free gift of salvation, you believe that. The problem is you don't believe this third reality. But if the Son sets you free, you are free Indeed. So you are free now from the shame of sin. Say, so how do you how do you know this? How do you know that people of faith receive the freedom from the captivity of sin and the penalty of sin, but don't often walk in the freedom of the shame from the sin? I'll tell you how I know. I've listened to enough people share their testimony to know that people ain't free from the shame of sin. They don't walk in it. Because if, if you were to listen to somebody's testimony and they talk about their story, testimony, all that means is just like what God has done in their life. How Jesus has changed them. How Jesus has set them free. If you were to give somebody five minutes to communicate their testimony to you, here's what's true. They would spend four minutes and 52 seconds talking about all the all the stuff they used to do before they met Jesus. And they would talk about how they were addicted and how they, 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 they couldn't make it a day without going to the bottle. They couldn't make it a day without hitting them drugs. They couldn't make it a day without, without taking advantage of some woman. They couldn't make it a day without taking advantage of some man. That they, 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 their mind was, they, they, they were not someone who pleased God at all. They were talking about all these things that, used to, that stress and shame used to consume their life. They were talking about all this for four minutes and 52 seconds. And then right before that five-minute time will go off, they say, but then Jesus saved me, and here I am today. When people spend the majority of their time talking about what Jesus freed them from, the reality is they don't believe they're free from it yet. Or they're still harboring and carrying guilt, shame, and condemnation over what was before. If Jesus freed you from your shame, hear me. Stop giving your shame so much life. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You need to understand today, friend, wherever you are and who, however you may be listening to this, you are not what you did. You are not who you were. You are who Jesus says you are. And when you obsess over what Jesus has freed you from, you walk right back to the captivity and you give it power to lock you up again. Why do people live like this? Why do people do this all the time? Because this is where most people think freedom stops. See, because we believe freedom is this get me out of the bad idea. Because what most of us assume freedom is, is, is it's going gonna, it's gonna to set me free from the, the terrible. So that way the penalty of that won't be on me. But freedom as an idea, freedom as a, 
what Jesus provides to those who put their trust in him. Freedom that we receive by his grace and our faith in it is so much more than that. See, you got to start seeing freedom as an opportunity. Margin in any area of your life is freedom. If you have margin with your schedule, that means that you have the freedom with some of your time to be able to do whatever it is you might think is good. You, you, you might be able to serve. You might be able to help. You might be able to go. You might be able to rest. You might be able to lean in for somebody who needs somebody to lean in. Freedom is an opportunity. If you're margining your finances, that means you have the ability to be generous. You have the ability to give. You have the ability to help out when a need arises because you are not so enslaved to your bills or enslaved to debt or enslaved to other obligations. But you actually have the freedom. You have the opportunity. You know, retirement is an opportunity. Some people think about retirement and uh they just can't wait for it. I don't think about retirement a lot. One, because it would be a long way away because I'm still relatively young. But also because like the idea of like sitting on the porch drinking lemonade all day don't sound all that appealing to me. Or as much as I love golf, going out and playing golf every day don't sound really all that appealing to me. But the idea of being able to control your schedule, the idea of having the freedom Maybe the opportunity now because of how you lived the previous 40, 50, 60 years of your life to have a season of your life where you can give your time, you can give your energy, and you can give your wisdom, you can give your strength to whatever it is you want to is, uh, is an incredible opportunity. Freedom isn't just a release from a consequence. Freedom is also an invitation into an opportunity. See, I need you to understand today when Jesus talks about freedom, there are things that Jesus has freed you from. Sin and its penalty, sin and its captivity, sin and its shame, you have been freed from. But also, there are things that Jesus has freed you to. He didn't just free you from some stuff. He freed you to some stuff. If the Son sets you free... You are free indeed. You need to understand that Jesus did not just bring you freedom from your past, but Jesus brought you freedom to your future. He brought freedom to the past that needed to be forgiven, the past that would hold you back, the past that would try to tell you that's all that you are. And he brings freedom to your future. You say, what? what, what, what? Can I tell you? Because of Jesus, because of the freedom he brings you, please write this down. You are freed to live. You are freed to live. The reason the testimony tradition I described a second ago bothers me so much is because it predisposes this idea that you aren't supposed to be at the table. I'm just such a terrible person. You know how I acted, man, when I was in college, acted when I was in high school, acted when I was in middle school, acted in my first marriage, acted up until I turned 50. You know how I was. And when we, when we set ourselves on that and when we continue to wallow in that and continue to never see ourselves as who God says we are now, we're not free to live. But baby, you are free to something. 
You're free to live. You are. You are fully invited to the cookout. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are welcome at the table. That's why the scripture spends so much time trying to tell you and trying to tell me who we are. You are a daughter of the Most High God. You are a son of the Most High God. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you and gave himself for you in Christ Jesus. You are heirs, even co-heirs with Christ. You are a new creation. And you are freed to live. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come, I didn't come to take. I came to give and to give you life to the full. That's why it's so terrible when your theology on freedom stops with just not having bad things happen to you. A new life has come. See, Jesus has freed you to live in relationship with God. Do you know that God actually wants a relationship with you? He wants to know you and walk with you and talk with you. He wants you to know him and to walk with him and to talk with him. You are freed to that. Some people come to God with so much trepidation and so much shame, and that's because they're still wallowing in what Jesus freed you from. But God says, I want you to sit at the table with me. God has freed you so that you can live and love all people. I find often when people have disdain for a certain type of person, it's saying more about them than that type of person. Because Jesus seem to find a way to love all people. People who, honestly, <laughs> he really would have nothing in common with. He still loved. People who, honestly, Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't believe like they believed. But for whatever reason, they liked Jesus. And they liked Jesus because Jesus loved them. Because when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed free to live in such a way to where you can love people who are different than you. You can forgive people who have done things to you that are unforgivable because freely you've received that kind of forgiveness, so freely you can give it. You're free to worship God fully, free to worship God completely. You're free to experience peace that makes no sense. You're free to live. You're freed to live in the fullness of who God is and all he has for your life. Because there are things that, yes, Jesus has freed you from. But there are things that Jesus has freed you to. So you're freed to live. But also you're freed to serve. You are freed to serve. Do you know that God has purpose for your life? But sin will keep you from that purpose. You not believing that you are freed to follow God, freed to be able to use your gifts, use your talents, use your abilities for his purposes. Sin will tell you, you, you don't belong. Sin will tell you, you can't serve. Sin will tell you, you've messed up too much to ever think you're going to be able to lead, to ever think you're going to be able to help, to ever think you're going to be able to do. But you are freed to serve. He frees you so you can go live out that purpose. Can I tell you today, friend, there is work that God has for you to do. If you are not dead, you are not done. 
God has work that he wants you to do. And he has freed you to that work. That's why I am so excited about I Love Summer. Maybe you heard that in our news if you were watching earlier. If you're listening to this podcast, you would have missed that. But beginning next Sunday, we kick off on May 21st, I Love Summer. And we're going to have free t-shirts for everybody, even those of you worshiping with us online. We're going to have a way for you to be able to connect in and we can send you a t-shirt. We'll have t-shirts available here uh, at the church for people for free. But what we do in the summer is we take everything that we do and we shake it up and turn it on its head to be able to do some of it even more. And so our, our, our Sunday schedule is going to change. We'll have one service time. We'll have uh, the worship experience in person and online at 10.30 a.m. We're still going to have the whole service on demand all afternoon and evening on Sundays for those of you to worship from wherever you are, however you may are. But um, everything else we do, we're turning on its head. And there are going to be so many opportunities, particularly through I Love Summer, for people to serve. We're going to be working with Yellow House. And uh, there's going to be a Yellow House Serve Day where people are able to serve and help, and help prepare this space that a family is going to move into in the not-too-distant future, providing the first opportunity for us to give quality, affordable housing to a single mom and to create a space that will transform her life and the life of her kids. We're going to have opportunities to serve our community, opportunities to do grocery drive throughs opportunities to clean up people's yards in the neighborhood, opportunities to be a blessing, opportunities to serve families through our movie night. So many opportunities just to be a blessing. Can I tell you, that's not what we have to do, but it's what we get to do because we are freed to serve. I've had the opportunity over the years to have organizations come to our church, organizations come to be a part of our ministry and uh, want to serve with us. And they want to make a difference. And it's always funny to me when these, these organizations come, especially when they're like businesses and stuff like that. Because it is very easy, very quickly to figure out who has served somebody before and who hasn't. Because some people will move one box and talk about how, can I get a 15? You know, like, can I just sit over here somewhere and rest my bunions? You know, like, because like, they ain't built for it. <laughs> hey, you, you, you'll find some people that the first time something doesn't go right, they, 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 they got pout and cry and moan and go and want to go sit in a the corner. They ain't never served nobody. And then you'll find some people who they got sweat on their brow. The, 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 the T-shirt that came in is ripped because it got torn up, but they still getting after it. You know why? Because they understand that serving isn't something they have to do. It's something they get to do. Some of you don't feel worthy of serving. Some of you feel like you've blown it too much. You've messed up too much. You don't have anything to offer. Maybe you don't see what you are called to, what you are freed to. You are freed to serve. You know why? Because you are freed. Write this down to purpose. Don't allow your past to sit on you so heavily that you don't see what God has for you in your future. See, some of the reasons for some of you that you don't give yourself fully to the purposes of God, you don't give yourself fully to serving other people is because you feel there's something wrong with you that you can't give. He wants to use you. And he will use you. He freed you to serve. Your story, the story being written, is powerful. It's transformative. And God has freed you 
for a purpose. Some of you look at your past and think it was too terrible. What you don't understand is the power of redemption. That God could take what you thought was too terrible and too unusable and by his grace and for his, the good of his name, begin to use it in your future to make a difference in other people's lives. This is redemption. This is what God does. You are not just freed from what happened to you. You are freed to a new and greater purpose. You are not just freed from what you did. You are freed to purpose coming through that thing. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So if this is true, what I've shared, and you have been freed from and freed to, maybe, maybe you'd be honest enough to wrestle with the reality in this moment that uh, there's some of you that hear this, and maybe it even sounds true to you, because it is, but you wonder why you don't feel free. You wonder why you haven't seen in your own life the freedom from habits, the freedom from sin, the freedom from the shame of your past. Some of you still struggle now with what you struggled with before you got saved. You still trip up now over the thing, same things that you've prayed for years for God to set you free from. You're like, I don't know if freedom, what's wrong with me? Why is it freedom readily available to me? If freedom from does not lead to freedom to, what you were freed from will come back at you. If freedom from does not lead to freedom to, what you were freed from will come back at you. See, some of you have been struggling with the same addiction for decades. You've been struggling with the same sin habits for as long as you have had a concept of what sin even was. So, so some of you have a, a shame on you because of what keeps coming up. And you've prayed prayers. You, 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 you were supposed to be freed from this, but you never got freed all the way. And sin then, like, like you had that, that like three weeks where, where you, you, you were doing good, but then it came back. Or you had those six months where you felt like you were on the right track, but then it came back. That's because sin sits crouching at the door, waiting on you. And I know you said a thing, and I know you prayed a prayer, and I know you heard somebody, and it said you're free, and you felt something. It felt like rain following you, but it wasn't, it's like it didn't take. It didn't stick. And now here you are. And it's the same addiction, just different. Because that's what it does. You, 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 get, you get freed on one level, but then it attacks you in the same vein on a different level. See, it was, it was a addiction to alcohol on one level. And you got freed from it, but then it became an addiction to pills because the pills could do what the alcohol could do without some of the negative connotations around it. And this seems to have you stronger, but it's the same addiction. 
Some of you, it's sexual sin, and it was pornography in one season. But now it's being unfaithful to the person you said you were going to be faithful to in the next season. For some of you, it was, uh, it was not believing you had any, any worth, but God set you free from that. But now you are finding your worth in worthless places trying to fill a void that's there. And you, 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 you feel like there's, this, there's this, uh, this desire that can't ever be filled. This place. If freedom from does not lead to freedom to, what you were freed from will come back at you. See, the reality with most people is they don't get really free. They just simply change wardens. You stay trapped inside the same cell because the door of that cell was opened and you were free to walk out and free to walk to everything God has for you. You are free to walk to purpose. You are free to walk to making a difference. You are free to walk to surface. You are free to live in who God said you were, but the door opened and you just stayed there and said, well, I got to tell my testimony of this cell. And then along came a new warden who trapped you back in the same cell. And now you're confused because I thought the son set me free and he did. He freed you from, but you weren't ready to walk into what you were freed to. Because if freedom from does not lead to freedom to, what you were freed from will come back at you. There was a preacher a few hundred years ago by the name of Thomas Chalmers, who I think put it so well and maybe the best that's ever been put. He talks about the heart. And he says the heart must have something to cling to and never by its own voluntary consent will it so disassociate itself of all its attachments. He says the only way to dispossess of an old affection is by the expulsive power of a new one. I'm going to say that last line again. He says the only way to dispossess of an old affection, the only way to dispossess of an old habit, the only way to dispossess of old sin, the only way to dispossess of an old addiction is by the expulsive power of a new one. Write this down in your notes today. You will never be freed from until you are freed to. You will never be freed from your past until you are freed to your future. You will never be fr freed from your sin and from your shame until you are freed to the purposes of God on your life. The reason some of you have never experienced the freedom of God is not because Jesus hasn't made it available to you. It's not because he can't do it. It's not because he don't want to do it. It's because you thought freedom stopped with you getting free from, but you never walked out of that cell into what he has freed you to. So a new warden came and trapped you in it again. Stop being out here trying to fight sin without a purpose. Stop trying to live your life defeating sin, thinking somehow, I just need, I need freedom to fall on me. If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Go walk in that freedom. Go walk in that freedom. Because he didn't just free you from something, he freed you to something. And so start to look at your life and say, God, how are you going to free me in my future through what you freed me from in my past? How are you going to use this to help other people? How are you going to use my life and my story and what I understand? What new purposes? What dreams do you have for my life that I don't even see yet? 
See, you will never be freed from until you're freed too. You will never walk in freedom, live in freedom, know what it means to be really free until you start to walk with confidence to what God has for you. Stop being out here trying to fight your past without his future for you. You will be freed from once you're freed to. And today I believe there are some of you hearing this and maybe you're hearing it for the very first time because you've continued to pray for freedom from. But today I, I, I wanna pray for freedom from some things for you if you're bound. Freedom from some things if they're holding you back. But I wanna pray for it differently. I wanna pray for it through the expulsive power of a new affection. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit, even in this moment, will begin to wrap your heart and fill it with purpose. Some of you, that purpose might begin to look like getting fully involved in the church. Some of you, that purpose might begin, uh, might look like having people in your life who are going through what you used to go through and being vulnerable and willing enough to have them close to you so that you can help them experience a life you didn't know because you got trapped in some stuff that they're going to be set free from. You need a purpose. You need a purpose because walking towards that purpose will set you free. You need to start to grasp that you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God, that he loves you and he is for you. And your little insecurity complex was cute in one season of life. But baby, you need to understand you are royalty, that God loves you and he sees you and he has his best for you. And so stop living so mealy mouthed and pushed down. You are a child of the king and you have a purpose to walk in. Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you today. I thank you for your word that transforms our lives. And Father, I pray for every person today that feels trapped by their past. Let them rest and be filled with the confident power that the one who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Father, we know that you have freed us from sin. You have freed us from captivity. You have freed us from shame when we put our faith in you. And for anyone who hasn't done that, I pray that right now they would do that. But Father, I pray what would well up on the inside of us is not just this reality that we are free from, but the confidence of what we are free to. And Father, you begin to fill people with purpose. You begin to fill them with determination. You begin to fill them with confidence that they are who you said they are, that you can use their life and you will use their life. And as they follow your purposes for their life, Father, I pray they would experience the freedom they've only dreamed of. Because we know that the one who sets us free is able to keep us free indeed. And Jesus, we thank you in advance for the work that you are doing in your people's lives. And to that and with that, all God's people said, amen.